Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey there, it's Scary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss Camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching live on YouTube, please smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent and while you're smashing. Let me tell you what we're going to have going on uh, for the next 10 weeks. It's called the Summer Shootaround. It's a series during which we're going to focus on 20 notable teams over a span of 10 weeks. Two per week, 20 teams in 10 weeks. And we're going to do the schools in alphabetical order, which means we're starting today with Alabama. Crimson Tide. Coming off a season where they went 19-14, and 14, got a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament, lost to Notre Dame in the round of 64. Actually finished the season on a four-game losing streak, but still finished ranked 28th at Ken Palm. If you remember, Alabama was one of the weirdest teams in the country last season. Beat Gonzaga, Houston, Baylor, Tennessee, but lost to Iona, Missouri, Georgia, and Vanderbilt. Put another way, uh, the Crimson Tide beat four top-10 Ken Palm teams and lost to four sub-60 Ken Palm teams. They beat the team that finished first at Ken Palm, and they lost to the team that finished 219th at Ken Palm, just all over the place, basically all season. From that team, uh, they lost Jaden Shackford, Keon Ellis, J.D. Davison, Juwan Gary, so four of the top seven scores. But they're bringing back Javon Quinterly, Charles Bediaco, Noah Gurley, Darius Miles. That's four of the top eight scores, although it should be noted that Quinterly uh, suffered a torn ACL in the NCAA tournament. Odds are he's not going to be available to, to start the season. Deadleg, I've got Alabama 21st in the top 25 and one. Where are you at on the Crimson Tie? Well, you covered uh, a few things there that I was going to mention. But yeah, that Notre Dame loss, uh, that was one where if you weren't like dialed into that game, and unless you were a fan of either of those teams or you <laughs> you had money on the, the outcome because of the betting line, like, that got lost amid the cacophony of those first two days, GP, because that was a 14-point Bama loss to Notre Dame. Um, just one of those. It's it's a classic example of every single tournament. We've mentioned this uh, in the past, in, in March's past, where there are these teams that have interesting results and seasons for four months, and then they get to the tournament, and because of where the game lands on television and it might not be a close game, they're just done and gone. Like, they're out of there. You don't even, you're like, oh, damn, they made the tournament, and they're, they're suddenly like, you look around the party, they're no longer there. Alabama is a vintage example of that. You don't even, unless you're a Bama fan or a Notre Dame fan that watched that game, you have probably no memory of even experiencing the Crimson Tide playing in this past season and NCAA tournament. And they almost, not almost, they basically lived up to the prophecy. They were considered one of the most erratic uh, teams in the entire season, capable of beating some of the best teams in the country, capable of losing to plenty. And then they, you know, kind of did a pratfall right there in the first round. Coming into next season, I'm actually surprised by that. I am undergoing my annual exercise of not looking at Parrish's top 25 and one in the offseason, not because I'm not interested in what he has to say. Quite the contrary. I don't want his rankings to subconsciously influence when I have to do my huge one in the fall. And so I always like to do mine and then go see where GPS. I mean, I know he's going to have Gonzaga one, too. I get that. But once you get down to like the teens and the late in the 20s, I'm a little curious. So I'm actually surprised to learn 
that you had Bama ranked in your top 25 and one as things stand right now because the Quinterly injury, yeah, that would probably be what, like, I don't think I'm going to put Bama top 30, and it will probably be because of the Quinterly injury. Injury, Quinterly injury, say that for three times fast. I don't know when he'll return. Now, if he can get healthy, then yeah, they're going to have a real opportunity there. But between Shackelford, Ellis, Davison, Gary, you're losing 43, 44 points a game overall. Um, Oates has done well, 61 and 36 through three seasons with the first place finish two years ago, tied for fifth last season with that one and done NCAA tournament appearance. Um, the big reason why GP has Alabama 21 is the class is ranked third in the 247 composite, only behind Duke and Arkansas coming into the season. Obviously, Duke and Arkansas both of whom will be featured in this series, uh, have received plenty of buzz for their incoming freshman classes. Uh, it's not that Alabama hasn't. It just hasn't on that level. Um, the Crimson Tide are just ahead of Kansas and Texas in the overall top five heading into the next season. Again, this is a freshman class. The names to know are Brandon Miller and Jaden Bradley. Those are two five-star prospects, top 20 players. Brandon Miller is a top 10 player in the country. And... This is the best class in Alabama history, I think. I mean, I went back and checked the 247 composite GP. I don't know if you did the same thing. Um, the next best class, they've got the 2000 class, I guess it was, with Gerald Wallace. Bama's ranked first, but that might be, there might be something in the system that I, maybe Alabama did genuinely have the best recruiting class in the country 22 years ago. Um, and maybe that one, whoever, whoever else was with Gerald Wallace will qualify. But for the modern era, I guess, you know, this is the best one they've ever had. And 2017, that class with, uh, with Sexton Petty and, and Herb Jones, that was eighth overall, the 2001 class that had Mo Williams. That was a top 10 class, but this one is, um, it's big time. And there's a couple of transfers that I know you're going to get to there, but I'm, I'm in generally speaking on Bama GP quarterly coming back a top 40 team. Solid NCAA tournament potential. I don't think a surefire NCAA tournament team, but um, we can get into the specific players on the roster. But I don't know. I would not buy into them, or at least as highly as you are here in the middle of the summer. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I love that you mentioned Gerald Wallace. <laughs> yeah, oh, what a baller. 
Master baller. How about yeah. this? Real quick aside, and I promise it'll be real quick. My After my junior year of college, I get an internship at the Birmingham Post-Herald. It's the afternoon newspaper in Birmingham, Alabama. It doesn't even exist anymore. But like Paul Feinberg... an afternoon newspaper, by the way, for all the youngins out there. We won't even get, get into that. <laughs> yeah, they used to have an after, a morning newspaper and an afternoon newspaper. And the Birmingham News was the morning, Birmingham Post-Herald afternoon. Paul Feinbob was the columnist at the Post-Herald at the Amazing. time. So um, I get an assignment to, there, uh, tragically... Uh, there was this uh, grassroots basketball team, like 15 and under team uh, from Birmingham. And they uh, were caravanning to Tuscaloosa, if I remember correctly, like, you know, four cars following each other. And uh, they got all the kids in it. And one of the cars blew a tire and like on the kid died. Right. And so this is my assignment to go hey, meet this coach, talk to these players, write about this incident. So I'll do my best. Uh, so I meet uh, the the coach and he introduces me to you know his players and I do the whole story and he said hey um, but I want you to keep an eye going forward on this kid right here this kid's got a chance to be special his name's Gerald Wallace he was like 15 years old he ends up becoming the number one player in America also on that team Jericho Cotchery who went on to play in the NFL here love it wow and and, and and Mario Austin who went on to play at Mississippi State they were all on that Alabama. I think it was called the Alabama Ice 15 and under team, something like that. So Gerald Wallace made me think of that. Back to the current Crimson Tide. You mentioned the transfers. I love what Nate Oates did here. Uh, went out and added uh, Dominic Welch, who's a, a super senior transfer from St. Bonaventure, 6'5 guard uh, forward, you know, sort of one of you know, 6'5 wing, but it could be the three probably. Uh, 12.3.6 rebounds per game last season. Shot, and this is important because we're talking about Alabama. 37.4% from three. They also add Mark Sears, transfer from Ohio, 19.6 points, six rebounds, 4.1 assists per game, shot 40.8% from three last season on 4.2 attempts per game. Why are those three-point percentages important? Because it's Alabama. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. About 47% of their field goal attempts come from three-point range. And so what Nate did is go out and add a couple of experienced, uh, proven, perimeter shooters and so you know that's not just getting talent that's getting talent that that fits what it is you're trying to do which is largely make shots from from the three-point line so uh, you got the two five-star freshmen the two transfers and then Betty Aka, who's a former five-star center you know had a whatever season as a freshman but you know perhaps he's you know, takes that freshman to sophomore season jump, undeniably talented. Uh, I, I just, I'm a believer in Nate Oates. I'm a believer in this program. Alabama is going to look a lot different. Like, you know, they, they, yeah, a lot different. Like the players won't be recognizable to most people, but they're still talented. And I, you know, I trust them to, to be good, to safely make the NCAA tournament again. And don't forget, Namari Burnett. Um, suffered a torn ACL, former five-star guy, was not good in his first season at Texas Tech, transferred to Alabama, torn ACL last preseason. Uh, last I heard, his rehab was going well, and he's on track to be ready to go um, You know, on, on, on opening night. Uh, a couple things with Bama here. One, like he's gone, it is what it is. J.D. Davison wound up getting picked 53rd overall. Um, he certainly was projected to be more... 20 to 40, you know, three months ago, winds up going 53rd. We'll see if it winds up working out for him or not. Uh, I believe Boston took him. I don't have his page up right now, but I'm pretty sure he went to Boston. If he was on, but the point I'm making is if he was on the team, if he had decided to come back and 
you know, if Quinterly hadn't gotten hurt, then GP, this would be a, a surefire top 20 team heading in. I think Universal, that's not the case there. Like, I, if Quinterly was able to be healthy and make a jump to being like a true All American level kind of player, then I think they'd have, you know, potential Final Four stealing. I don't know. I do like the core, and I think Gurley will probably take another jump in this final season. I like him a lot, and I know the staff really does as well. Um, Oates has had really good offensive teams since he since he got here. He's done he's done well overall. Like briefly, like this class is ranked third. Twenty twenty was twelfth. Twenty twenty one was fourteenth. Like he has recruited well, and this is the this is the high watermark to this point. But last season, no Herb Jones. They take a huge back step back on defense, bigger than I even thought. I think that they expected them to. It wasn't a shock that they weren't as good because Jones was one of the more versatile defenders his final season of college, and that translated immediately to his first season in the NBA. Um, but will guys like Welch and Sears make Bama better on defense? Will Sears, who was an all Mac player, averaged almost 20 points, six boards, four assists, 41% three point shooter, like really, 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 really good mid major player. Is he going to be able to step in to the Bama roster right away and make up for what they won't have with Quinterly? It's going to be interesting. And I, I think Shackelford, who averaged 16.6 points per game last season, GP, if you watched, and I probably watched, I watched it more than half of Bama's games easily. When you actually watched them play, it was clear that Shackelford affected that team's winning as much as any other player beyond from reasons for how he shot the ball and how much he scored there. The Burnett mention is key. Maybe he is a, maybe he is the guy that's kind of hiding in plain sight when he comes back. Maybe we're talking about the tide a month into the season parish and they are, and your preseason prediction is right. If not low, and they are looking like a team that has top 15 kind of potential, but if that's going to be the case, Miller and Bradley probably have to be impact players almost immediately. And Miller's going to be a lot, a lot of fun, but Burnett as well coming off the injury. Can he, can he live up to that in addition to Gurley overall? So yeah, I, I like this group. I mean, one of the reasons why we're doing the series is when we want to give some teams, some real attention. There's a lot of intrigue. Bama again is an interesting program. Like if you're an Alabama fan and you're listening to this podcast, you probably quite enjoy your football team. And, and you have a bankable thing with that, right? Every single year you expect or hope to be playing in the national title game with Bama basketball. It's a nice little, it's a fun bonus. Like Oates has this thing going in a, in a big, big way. And, uh, as a, just a quick digression here, my favorite thing about Alabama in this entire off season was the normally outspoken Nate Oates, just kind of sheepishly sitting next to Nick Saban about a month, a little over a month ago when Saban went on that, that rant against Texas A&M. Right. And, and Oates was sitting there at this whole event, but didn't say anything, but he happened to be uh, unintended. I just, again, I want to be, I want to be sitting in the limo or the car service on the way back from that thing because you got to figure Saban and Oates went together. I want to say it wasn't even in Tuscaloosa, like it might have been in Birmingham or something like that. The idea that Oates, who certainly stepped in a, in an entertaining way, the fact that uh, that he was just kind of sitting there with Saban when he went on that rant is one of my is one of my more favorite overlooked things of this offseason so far in college hoops. I think even outspoken Nate Oates knows when King Nick is talking. You just let him go. That's right. You don't get in. You don't get in the way of that. One of the things I noticed as I was uh, putting uh, my notes together for this is that I have Alabama twenty first in the country. Where do you think I have them? If you go by the top twenty five and one in the SEC, twenty first in the country. Okay, good question. Let me uh, let me riff internally here. I'll say one, two, three. You got them five. Sixth. Six. They are the sixth. So you got them as the sixth best team in an SEC, which should be 
pretty solid yet again. Six overall, just as a reminder, as you do your rundown here, last season, SEC sent Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, LSU, and Bama to the NCAA tournament. It only sent six teams, but all six of those teams were seated between two and six. So the top end of it was very, very good. Minimally, that should be the case again next season. Yeah, I think they're gonna, the league's going to be strong again. You know, I've got three SEC teams in the top 10. Number four, Kentucky. Number six, Arkansas. Number nine, Tennessee. I've got Auburn 13th, Texas A&M 18th, and Alabama at 21st. So um, it, 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 both these things could be true. NATOs could legitimately have a top 20 team, but a team that doesn't finish in the top five of the SEC or, or isn't one of the five best in the SEC. That's how strong the top of of that league uh, should be uh, once again. But like I said, I, I like the roster. You two five-star freshmen, two experienced proven transfers, bring back Pediaco, the five-star, former five-star center. And then you're going to get Quinterly back at some point. You know, I, 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 I don't think he'll be ready to start the season. Mm-hmm. The goal should be to have him back by end of December, January. I think that's a normal timetable. So there's a scenario where, you know, you get, you know, Jaden Bradley has established himself as the, you know, the real lead guard, run your team point guard on the roster. And then you bring back Quinterly and you've got two high level guards. Um, you know, you can, there's just a lot of options. If Quinterly is healthy by January and looking like himself, remember, I think this is true. He was the preseason SEC player of the year last year. I think you're, I think you're right about that. And I remember disagreeing internally with it. Right. I, yeah. I, I don't know that he should have been, but I, yeah. I think he, I think he was. So like, that's a real talented guy that um, if they get him back um, and are able to pair him with these transfers, Bediaco and the two five-star freshmen, then yeah, Alabama's got a chance to be, to be really good. They got Rylan Griffin, who's also a you know, four-star level kind of player, and Noah Clowney right there as well. Those are the freshmen that are coming in that make up that highly uh, ranked class there. And how that how that class stacks up uh, in a, a very tough competitive SEC will also be interesting. You know, every single season that Oates has been there at Bama, and he hasn't again, he hasn't been there long, but each of each of these. Uh, past three seasons. Now this one, there's been something, there's been some element to it that has been different. You know, season one to season one, uh, you get there after leaving from Buffalo. It, it went fine. They went 16 and 15. And then of course, season ends, they wouldn't have qualified for the tournament anyway. Season two, it just, it's humongous. It's, it's arguably the best season in Alabama men's basketball history. They get a two seed, they go 26 and seven, they make the sweet 16 uh, and they lose. I was there at Hinkle uh, really one of the better games I saw in person in that tournament uh, against against UCLA. UCLA went nuts in the overtime uh, to lo- to win by 10. But until that point, it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal game. Alabama was certainly capable of making a title game run with that team, that talent. They, they displayed that. Uh, and, then ne- and then last season, you know, they're able to bring in a freshman with the you know the hype of of a Davison and they and they bring back you know all this experienced talent uh after losing but you know Oates sends a player to the NBA and Herb Jones this season it's more all right my the player that I think is most dependable I'm not going to start the season with them in Quinterly uh Gurley who we really liked as a transfer who was a small college transfer you know can he grow into this this big spot here but you're also going to have a little bit of a not an underdog role. You're just not. You're not going to be predicted to or picked to win the league. You're not going to be predicted to finish first, second, third, maybe not even even fourth. But you'll be firmly in the mix there. 
And uh, for Alabama, these are, I got to call these the golden years. I don't know about that because, you know, better days could even be ahead. But you're looking at potentially having your best three-season run since the heyday of Mark Gottfried. I mean, they went 26-7 and seven two years ago, 19-14 tournament. If they make it the tournament again this season, it'll mark the first time since 04, 05, 06. And that was actually a five-year run that Gottfried did that. And in, that, in the midst of that five-year run, Bama failed to make the second weekend with the exception of one year. The Tide made the Elite Eight. I'm pretty sure that's a program record. Bama's never made a Final Four. Gottfried, as an eight seed, got him to a regional final in 04. But Oates is, you know, big picture commentary step back here. He was plucked from Buffalo and has basically done exactly what was hoped, if not more. And anything between Parrish, anything between a fourth and I think even a seventh place finish, even seventh place in this SEC, I think is acceptable and would qualify them for the NCAA tournament. I think they'll get there, but I've got a little bit of hesitancy based upon maybe relying on these freshmen and then Quinterly, when does he get fully healthy? Does he ever get truly fully healthy? Can they rely on him once they get to mid-January into February? All right. Our goal is to keep the Summer Shootaround Series episodes under 20 minutes. So let's make sure we get off to a nice start. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck, Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening to our College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a nice review. There's more of us than there are of them, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care. <laughs>